Hi everyone and welcome to uh, this episode of Beast Pod. Uh, my name is Ian and I'm delighted as ever to be joined uh, by my co-host Mem. How are you doing this evening Mem? I'm very good, very good. Uh, currently holed up in a hotel somewhere and I thought let's do a Beast Pod because we need to do a Beast Pod because it's been a, a bit too long hasn't it mate? It has, it has. I mean if I was in a hotel the last thing I want to do is think about Barnet but uh, that's where you and I differ, then, uh, to be honest, or certainly not after the last few weeks. Um, we thought we'd do a kind of brief catch-up. I know we've been doing the Twitter spaces, but there's a few things that Mum and I have sort of spotted and talked about quite a lot offline and also sort of over the phone when we've been catching up um, about the bees. And I guess we're going to sort of kind of cast our eyes back over the last sort of seven or eight games, which has actually seen quite an interesting run of results. That sort of run sort of started off with some good victories there. So that would include the results against Dover. There are really good performance against Boreham Wood. And then since then, a sort of real dip off in quality um, where we haven't actually won. So, we, you know, the defeats against Southend, Dagenham, Wrexham, Solihull, um, and then the victory in the middle against sort of Maidenhead, either side of a couple of more disappointing results. So then let's kind of get straight into it. And I guess we've been talking quite a lot about how Brennan's been setting up the side and some of the challenges that we think that's been causing us. Um, so I guess, like, what have you made of the last few weeks in terms of not only like results, but performances and, and what Brennan's trying to do as well? It's been a real mixed bag. Um, and uh, the games I've been to, um, it, there's been some really, really noticeable themes. Um, I remember, I don't know if you remember, go back to the, the, the interview we did with Dean Brennan. He talks about being really aggressive and he wanted to be play this on the, he wanted to play uh this sort of on the front foot football yeah front foot football yeah and and it felt like i mean if we go back to the ball and wood game it did feel like we properly were going on the front foot and uh, against them we decided to push our front three up because we didn't feel that ball and wood had a midfield of any kind and we felt that we could go three v three at the at, at there and then and then try and turn them as much as we could but I think since then, what Dean has tried to do is he's tried to replicate that performance of Boreham Wood against teams that have very differing strengths. And I think what's happened is, is, is it has meant it's led to the situation where we've come unstuck against certain teams. We've managed against other teams with a lack of quality. We've managed to get some good results. But against any team with any kind of quality, they're picking us off. And, and, and actually, it's not only just picking us off, but we're getting some, we've had some proper batterings as well. And and I kind of look at it and I think, and we'll probably discuss it a little bit more in this in this show, but I just think that, that Dean needs to have a bit more flexibility around the way he is uh, currently setting up the side. It's it's really interesting you say that because I think we were we were both at the Boreham Wood game and we sat together and watched it and and that felt like a really positive and uplifting moment in terms of the performance. We saw interestingly like a side to the side that we didn't no existed previously in terms of the grit, the determination, the game management, I thought was really impressive. But you're right, kind of in hindsight, we were playing against Boreham Wood, who we know are extremely direct. We know who essentially play without a midfield, or at least they don't play through the thirds. They play from one third, you know, to the final third. Um, very vertical football. And it's like, it's bizarre because in some ways we want to kind of replicate probably the intensity and the work rate from that game in performances. But the tactical blueprint has been a problem. And I'm, I'll sort of set you up to sort of talk a little bit more about this. One of the things that I noticed at the Dagenham game um, last weekend was, or last Friday it was now, was just how open we were off the ball. And we've noticed a real pattern you said there against the sort of top teams. And there's two things that stand out. You know, you look at the Dagenham game, obviously conceding seven to a side just outside the playoffs, three nil down, 
inside the first half an hour. A few weeks previously, we have the Wrexham game, okay, uh, 6-0. And again, 2-0 down inside 28 minutes. The game is pretty much done. Um, and we're seeing ourselves kind of, you know, the Notts County one, which albeit was a little bit earlier, again, uh, another really disappointing result there. But, you know, the game was done by the 30th minute. What What is it that's making us so open in those games, man, that's causing us to essentially be put out of sight? Because even the teams around us that we're even beating, like your Maidenheads, your Dovers, et cetera, don't seem to be having those difficulties when they go to those sides, at least in terms of the scoreline. Well, I think, I think it comes down to one major thing. I mean, I know some people find the whole concept of the out-of-possession chat from managers to be a little bit annoying and, oh, stop trying to be too clever. But ultimately, football is about two things. It's about your shape in possession and it's your shape out of possession. And in possession, we have a very clear, defined way of playing. But the problem is out of possession, we are not compact enough. So as we lose the ball, because we play with three players very high up, and in some cases, a lot of cases, very disconnected to the midfield and the rest of the team, it means ultimately when the ball's turned over, there is massive gaps, especially in the wide areas. There's like, there's this, you could put this kind of, how do I put it? This upside down U around from the left, the left flank, in front of the left back, and then going in a U shape through the DM, DM position of the opposition and into the right back. So what ends up happening is that our two centre midfield players have got a lot of ground to cover and our fullbacks are generally 1v1 with um their their opposition their opposite number what teams like dover and other teams do who don't have tons of talent is is they keep those distances between the wide players like the fullback and the wide person very very close together and they and they generally it's four, two banks of four but when we're out of possession it's generally two in centre midfield who are swamped and then the four at the back so there is you know it depends sometimes we play almost like a 3-7. Sometimes we're playing almost like a 4-6. But ultimately, what's happening is when we turn over possession, we are not getting back into position quick enough. Um, and it is killing us against the good teams who can move the ball crisply through midfield because they're finding that their players are able, got so much space to pick up. And the first goal on Monday against Southend was caused by, we had four players ahead of the ball and they doubled up on, on, on our left back. And, that, and the penalty came from the doubling up on the left back. Really, really similar situation to some of the a lot of the scenarios we were seeing in in Dagenham. So we, and the I and and the interesting thing is we changed the system to a three at the back um, at half time, and from that point on, all of a sudden we controlled the game. So it yeah. was really around spacings and around around spacings and about players in, in not having so many players going past the ball. And not it's, it's interesting you say that because the, the Dagenham game in particular, like we saw against some extent of two halves, I am a bit wary of um, of like bigging up our second half performances in both those games too much, just for the simple reason that they were over a bank holiday period. And if you're the manager of, of you know Dagenham at half time, you're not saying, right, let's go and score seven or eight, which obviously ended up doing. You're probably saying, let's just see the game out. We've got the three points here. You know, we've got a big game coming up on the Monday. You know, let's not burn ourselves out. We can afford to not take it easy, but we can certainly afford not to play at the same intensity. And I'd imagine South End to the similar extent, it's kind of like, like let's win the game in the first half and get it done. If you're a, if you're a team set up against Barnet, you say, 
let's wait for themselves to open themselves up. Let's get on top of them you know, early on. We know that once they get a goal or two behind their heads dropping, they become even more open. But then interestingly enough, when Brennan, it's kind of like perverse, but when Brennan does set us up to be slightly more defensive. So in the Dagenham game, for example, after the halftime whistle, the first five, six minutes before we scored, it was noticeable that it kind of, and I said this on Twitter, it looked a bit more like damage limitation. Like, you know, we were 5-0 down. You're very unlikely you're going to win that game. So you might as well just not, you know, if we played as open as we had in the first half, in the second half, uh, you know, it could have been double figures, genuinely. Uh, but he kind of set us up and was like, like, let's be a little bit more compact. And then believe it or not, that gave us a much better platform to the attacks. So one of the things that I find really strange is it's not even the case where we're like, well, you know, what we're doing is we're trying to be really attacking and really progressive with the football. And, and we're going to, you know, we're going to kind of go toe to toe with teams like your sort of Keegan's Newcastle, where you're going, you know, you're going full out and you're going to lose games five, six, seven, five, six, five, seven, whatever it is. Instead, it's actually, I think, hurting us in both directions because there's just not enough strategy to our attacking play. And we're sort of, you know, left with quite similar profiles of player. I know Marriott's not been starting as much where you'll have, you know, Mason Clark, wide dribbler, Rob Hall, wide dribbler, Daniel Powell. Okay, you know, I know he's been sort of poaching around a little bit and got a few goals in the six yard box, but a very similar profile of player, like, and not really building up in the sort of middle third and giving ourselves the chance to sort of sustain attacks. And it's really interesting because if you have a look at the South End game um, and, and the Dagenham game, it's interesting just how many of the goals come from a breakdown of the ball in our third. Because what we're not, sorry, in, in the opposition third. So like when we're attacking, because what happens is because of the way we're set up and, you know, sometimes from set pieces, sometimes from whatever, because of the way we're set up, we're not set up to regain the ball in the middle of the pitch. So interestingly, I feel that our tactics aren't just obviously harming us defensively. We've got the second worst defence in the division. And, you know, Dover aren't a serious team. So reality is, of the serious teams at that level, we've got the worst defence, okay? Yeah. Um, it's not just that, though. It's that we're not actually scoring. And it's, I, I don't want to sort of go too rambly on this, but we're not also not scoring important goals, right? A goal when you're 5-0 down is less important than a goal at 1-1, yeah. you know? So actually, we've got to kind of be really clear and analytical with this and say it's not the case that sure we lost seven whatever it's seven three to Dagenham um you know and we've scored you know we scored goals this season it's actually that we're we're killing ourselves in games because we're just not being competitive and sure we you know in Dagenham we were a little bit unlucky actually not to go to five four and it could be a different game but that's a, that's a, just a stupid game of football from their perspective right they let us back into that the, you know the blunt reality is we are killing ourselves in a defensive sense by playing up in this way and in an attacking sense. And what I find really odd is that clearly Brennan's realising that at half-time because mm. in those games he's making those changes. So what I don't understand them is why are we not doing it in a different way from the first minute? I mean, do you have any answers or ideas on that? The only thing I can think of is he's in training he's saying, okay, you, this is the way I want to play and we're just going to have to work really hard to make it better. And then it's almost like, okay, and if the problem is if we carry on doing what we did before, we'll fall back. There is at some point that Dean's going to have to realise that this is not a way that you can play in the National League. Um, and, and I don't wish... No, look, at the end of the day, he has been a manager for a long time. But this is the biggest... This is the club with the biggest expectation. And, and I, 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 I don't want to say it's the biggest club he's ever managed, but probably is. But it's, at the same time, it's the club with the biggest expectation. So... It's not a National League South club that's at the top end of the National League South who have got better players than everyone else. We are not in that in that at that level with this team. We are until this league becomes a bit more a bit more a bit more normal, and we don't have these Hollywood clubs who are paying ridiculous money and stealing players from 
you know, from Division One teams, like the captain of a Division One team or the top scorer of Division One team. I mean, that's ridiculous. But until there's a natural progression where these clubs come out, we are not, we don't have the players to go toe to toe. To for us to be able to go to have this situation where we where we say to our two centre midfield players, I need you to dominate play and to allow those three forwards, three or four, even four forwards to go forward, we're going to need Kante and, you know, and Partey in our centre mid to be able to do that. We don't have those types of players, that quality of player. This is National League. We're asking two jobbing centre midfield players to cover far too much space. So for me, I I don't understand why he keeps doing it. It, it, To me, the best option would be to make this team much more compact. And like you said, let's build, because we actually have really talented players in the final third. But what I've noticed as well is we don't really have a, a, like a style. I don't see like like something, you know, like with Darren Curry, the ball would be moved around and you could see a different defined pattern of play, which looked like it had been worked on. It looks to us, it's very much get the ball up to the front three or or front three and maybe a number 10 who's playing behind them and let them use some inspiration to sort of try and come up with something. Whereas actually, if we defended and attacked as a team, we, 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 could, we could create better chances. We can create, you know, more quality, more quality you know, opportunities. It's interesting because I, I, and I also, what I find odd, right, is that we've, we've almost like deviated from a pattern that was really successful in his kind of initial spell after Kuehl, which is where we were a little bit more compact. And don't get me wrong, Mitch Brundle, not, you know, not a, a fan, right, of him as a player, limited as a player, but we were a lot more robust when we had a much more clear defined centre midfield. And part of it is the profile of player. Because and I appreciate his injuries. Like I really like Sam Woods, for example. And there's you know there's profiles of players in there that mean we're not set up to play in a certain way. But it's interesting that of we've had 39 games this season, and only three players have started more than 60% of those games. So Harry Taylor, 32, Mason Clark, 30, Rich Severton, 29, and there's a bunch of players in the low 20s. But that just goes to show if you were to compare that to a lot of other National League clubs you would probably have a core group of about five or six players who would be starting 75, 80% of games. And I know we've talked about fitness. And I know we've talked about issues with sort of, you know, contracts and squad building, et cetera. But it does, it does feel that we're slightly regressing in a certain way. Like I don't, I don't feel the same sense of optimism that I felt perhaps back in October or November where, sure, we, we were still down in the relegation scraps, but there was a clear, a clear trajectory to it. And I just wonder, it's interesting looking at, listening to, to Dean when he speaks. And, you know, I think it's important to say, like, just on my perspective, like, I'm not interested in changing the manager at this stage. Like, I, I think there are questions, absolute questions to be asked of him in terms of style of play. But, you know, I don't think, you know, the club needs its, you know, whatever it is, 50th manager in five years. We need to just sort of, you know, I think he's done enough throughout this season to justify certainly having a bit of a crack at it. But he does need to certainly adapt and adjust to, to the way he's setting up the team. But the thing that's interesting to me is, like what, and he's talked about this before about the commitment and the motivation of players, and we are for sure seeing some shirking of tackles, etc. Is there a, is there a grain of truth to that? Insofar as men that it doesn't really matter how we set up. Like if the players aren't winning 50 fifties and they're not picking up the second balls and they're ball watching uh, and they're doing the sort of ridiculous stuff that we saw against South End on Saturday where they were running into each other. That also oh, Monday apologies when they were running into each other. That actually this is. A more fundamental problem just in terms of player engagement in the in, in the game and player work rate is that is that kind of true as well or or is it primarily tactics in your view 
So I've, the, the, the last three games I've watched, I've really watched closely, like really like try to analyse what's going on. And I've, you know, I've had people claim that, oh yeah, the players have down tools and all that lot. Yes, I don't think the confidence is great in the team, but having watched them closely, I don't think I've seen a huge number of occasions where we've shirked a tackle. What I have seen in a lot of cases, players that are stressed. Um, and I made this comment before, I think on Twitter, uh, on our Beastport account. If you stress a player out, you know, and by stressing out, I mean, is in like you put them, you put them under intense pressure, the chances are they'll make a mistake. And we are asking players, players in core positions to cover a lot of ground and, and putting a lot of pressure on them to, for instance, in the fullback areas, we're asking defenders to, to, to you know, to defend 1v1. They are National League defenders. They're going to need some help, some support. But you're stressing them out, which means that they're basically making, either making stupid tackles or they're making mistakes. And... They're, put, they're under so much pressure. You've got the centre midfield players who have been asked to cover a huge amount of ground. So, which means that it's very difficult to take up your take up the right position when you're covering up a big, a big, you know, big ground. It's very difficult to get your distances right. And for me, football, in some respects, can be a very simple game. If you get your distances right between your players, then it makes it a lot easier to defend as a team. It makes it a lot easier to pass to your colleague, uh, you know, in your team. If the distance is right, but if your distances are too far apart, you call, you're causing stress, you're causing mistakes, you're causing this disconnection between players defensively and attacking wise. And I just think that that I don't see the players being down tools. I just see the players who probably need a little bit of help, and maybe and and by maybe bringing the players closer, maybe having allowing Thomas to have somebody sitting in front of him for a bit to basically help double up on a winger. Or allowing, you know, if we've got a, a set like, you know, Greenwich playing out of position or or Ever Richard Everton playing out of position, asking Efron to sit in front of him for a bit, you know, asking the, the, the number 10 to go and press the ball, go and ask the strikers to press the ball, ask, telling, you know, there was one thing I spotted actually on, on Saturday, which I thought was really interesting. So Gregor Cox, it's clear that, that they've been instructed that when we get possession of the ball in midfield, that the three, the three attackers spin. They go spinning into the space. But what I was noticing is we weren't even in control of the ball and the players were spinning. So it also takes a little bit of, of also intelligence from the player. I saw Gregor Cox do it in one case where, um, where um, and I've just gone, Marshall. Marshall's gone into a 50-50 tackle. So the chances are that, you know, there's a very good chance that Marshall might come out of tackle without the ball. Gregor Cox has already spun off. Now, what I'd like to see from some of the players is a little bit more um, acknowledgement that there's a potential danger that if that ball doesn't get won by a Barnet player, that one of the players will anticipate that and go and stand in a place where he can either cut off a passing lane or he can actually sweep up from the player. And there's too many players, I think, who are, don't have that uh, don't have that ability to sense danger. Uh, you know, and, you know the whole collision between Efron and Thomas. I mean. It, a more experienced player would look at that and gone, right, Efron's running towards the ball. If I go towards the ball, we're the last people. And one of you sort of stepping out of it and going, Efron, take the ball. It's that kind of like, you know, that sort of danger, kind of assessment of danger that we don't seem to have at all. There doesn't seem to be, anybody seems to be thinking about what would happen if this happens. So it ends up with players and not in the right place to go and support their colleague. 
I think um, I think it's interesting because like we, we mentioned like back to um, back to Brundle a few a few kind of weeks ago at the start of the season. Sorry, a few months ago. Sorry, like we talked about the fact that he was really being you know he's a poor poor player and he was being put in a system that massively exposed his weaknesses. Yeah. And I think it's interesting because you're right. It's very easy to look lazy and to look like you've given up when you're given a very very difficult situation when you're swamped because it doesn't really matter if you've got a 2v1 against you in the middle of the park it doesn't really matter how much you're running you're, you're not you're not going to win that against competent players you're not going to win that battle okay and so what's happening is the distances are completely all over the place um and like you know i think from my perspective what i would say is that um I, I, I worry that it, it's it's a danger that we kind of go into not a bit of a, a dangerous or a, a death spiral, but a bit of a difficult spiral whereby it becomes that recurring theme of confidence, uh, which seeps away, which leads to poor performance, which leads to sort of fans getting frustrated and it goes back to poor confidence. It becomes that really negative spiral. Um, and it's interesting, like when you look at Brennan on the sideline after he's done his interviews, like he you know, he, he's obviously like asked the same question. He sometimes just struggles to kind of come up with a very clear soundbite of what to say, because it's not always clear what's quite going wrong. And it, there are clearly some deep-seated issues we know with, you know, things at the club. But from my perspective, tactically, you're right. It, it just seems like we, we've got a quite, a, as I said, a group of players who haven't played a huge amount together. And if you look at the starting lineup from Saturday, that South End game, for example, like you're looking at players, Marshall, Gregor Cox, et cetera, um, who have been brought in towards the end, uh, you know, who, or the end of the season, sorry, um, de Havilland's just started playing recently. The goalkeeping situation hasn't been fully resolved, right? Like, and it just seems that we've got this kind of disjointed nature um, and we're almost kind of doing like a bit of a pre-season towards the end of the season in terms of just mm. fitting players in and trying to work it out. And I can see the logic behind that. I just worry that perhaps we've gone a little bit early. Um so yeah, I, I just guess I'm, I'm sort of like, I, I, I'm kind of t- in two camps. On the one hand, I want Brennan to just keep kind of trying to, to figure it out and tr- keep, you know, keep trying to sort of uh, try various styles. At the same time, I want to see him get a grip really because, you know, if we end the season, we've got five games left. If we end the season with less than five points or so, it's difficult to shake out that momentum going into next season, I think. Um, and, and that's a concern for me. I don't track players. Who wants to play for a team that finished 19th in the 18th or 19th in the National League? You know, he said he talks. Dean talks a lot about that. There's a lot of players that will be out of contract in Division One, Division Two. But if you're looking, at, if you if you're if you're trying to play with, if you're trying to um, encourage some of the better players who are, who would prepare to drop down to the National League, then take one look at the league table and say, you know, I think I think I'll go for one of the teams that are higher up the up the division. So this is about attracting players, and and I kind of feel like. Also, yeah, like you said, there's there's not been a lot of regularity with it with the with the lineup, and which even more suggests that that we should be looking at tightening up the team and saying that making it easier for the team to say, look, if you're coming in, you know, if somebody's injured and you somebody else has come in out of nowhere, they've got a very simple, very simple job. It's not too complicated. It's like you stick to your position, you work in partnership with this guy, you know, and we'll, we'll, we'll create partnerships around the team. And let's not let's not try and play too expansive a game. And let's try and, um, you know, just build from a system. It, 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 like that, that, that to me would be the very, the, you know, that's what, why all these firefighter type managers, the first thing they do when they come into a club 
is they work they start they they look at the spaces and they they decide they work from the back don't they i guess then as we as we sort of wrap this up a slightly brief episode just on the tactical side of things we've got five games left this season starting with Eastley away on Saturday and it's an interesting mix of teams we've got left to play so you know Eastley are I think one of the the very poor sides in the division uh, in terms of you know where they're at we've then got a kind of run of games a couple at home a couple away we've got Grimsby in the hunt for playoffs Orchard and table Weymouth a poor side and then Bromley who might just be outside that playoff picture towards the end so in terms of this fixture's end We've probably got three games there against sides who we'd be looking to take points off in in uh, East Ultracombe and Weymouth, albeit away from home. What sort of things would you like to see and hope to see, um, Mem, uh, from those games tactically from Brennan and I guess from the players as well? So I'd like to see, uh, like obviously, I, again, I'm going to keep repeating. I don't want to see the spaces shortened between the players. But what I would like to see is I'd like Wes to be played as a DM. Um, and I know that we've, said a lot and I've even said as well that maybe he needs to drop down but it was really noticeable that when Wes played in as a DM on Saturday oh sorry on Monday it changed the whole game and it changed his whole performance he suddenly had two shuttlers either side of him um he had Rob Hall and he had De Havilland either side of him and Wes was given the license to come and get the ball from the back four and he was getting it, he was picking it up, he was moving it. We, there was occasions where we were going a bit more direct. But Wes was, on, in the first half, he was one of the worst players on the pitch. In the second half, he was the best player on the pitch. I've The best I've ever seen Wes play is as a DM. And as not as a DM that's going to tank somebody, but a DM that's going to play the ball. And if we want to control possession, he's probably the best person we've got that can play in midfield to do that. And I think that system we played in the second half, I think we need to replicate that because that system, the spacing was better, the the connections were better, the movement was better, the passing was better, we looked tighter, um, we looked a much better team. I know I know we conceded the goal right at the end, but that game, we'd, we could have quite easily come back and won that game, the, the way we played in the second half. So uh, that's what I would like to see. I'd like to see Wes be trusted in, in, in that centre mid. And so and told, all right, go out there and dictate the play. Yeah, I think like that. We don't have then we don't have a player that can do it from deep midfield. I I agree. I think I'd like to certainly see a couple of players be given a chance in a system to see what they can do. And as I said, I think it's easy to you know, it's interesting with Barnett. We sometimes go from extremes on players. Like I think probably Marriott, Ephraim, you know, Mason Clark, Harry Taylor have been quite consistent. You then have players like Rob Hall, who have been excellent at points, but blown sort of hot and cold. Billy's been excellent, of course. But then there's a, probably a group of players there who are kind of a little bit on the fence in terms of, you know, next season, you know, players perhaps like, and I'm not saying that, you know, he's necessarily a, a guy we should ship out. I know you're a fan of Rich Everton, but, you know, there's a question mark there, right? Is he a sort of defender you want to build a team around? If we were playing him as a fullback, what does that say about what we're trying to, you know, how we're trying to play? I suppose I only think he's playing as a fullback is because Greenwich was awful as a fullback. Yeah, I, but, if I had a choice uh, in both of them, I'd go for Ben Rich Jefferson at the moment. Yeah, and I, and I appreciate that. And I think actually, if you look at Greenwich on, on the goals in the South End game, you know, he, he was at fault in, in several phases before them, right? And indeed in the goal itself. Um, so I'm with you on that. But there's other players there, you know, like you're sort you know, your Daniel Powell's, um, you know, I appreciate Gregor Cox is a, is a really good player, but is he the right sort of player for the, the style of foot we're going to play? You know, where's Jordan mm-hmm. Thomas? Um, you know, De Havilland, like what, you know, Teddy Howe, these sort of players, what, you know, what's kind of going on with those? Um, and I'd, I'd like to see us over the next few weeks try and figure out and, and just kind of have a bit of movement towards what it is we want to do next season and the sort of, you know, philosophy and style we want to, we want to play into. Um, 
but also like not take our results because you know I don't want to lose the last five games of the season. Um, but anyway, this was a brief catch up really between them and I just to talk through some of the stuff on the pitch. Um, we'll probably be back um, most likely at the end of the season with one of our season reviews and a couple of uh, high five slash um, Twitter spaces in between. Um, but otherwise, men, um, it was good to catch up. Uh, we'll pop this out as soon as we can. And um, yeah, we look forward to speaking to you all very, very soon. Take care, everybody. Cheers. Thank you.